everyone, and welcome to another special edition of the Comics Pals, where we talk about wrestling. Some might say, we're the wrestling pals. <laughs> oh. My name is Philip Casey, and I am representing my client. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get through without laughing. <laughs> yeah. The reigning, defending, undisputed, universal champion, Sean Bartley. I like that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily like to be the universal champion, though, because that belt is gross. But um, Brock Lesnar was the universal champion, so if it's good enough for him, right? And both of you are uh, not on television very often. <laughs> that's Well, that's true. So I don't know if people would notice the difference. <laughs> that's a good point. I won't be around to defend it, but know that at any moment I could pop up. And so could I to introduce you. <laughs> Exactly. And they might throw you around as a as a scapegoat for me. Every now and then, uh, Sean and I come together to talk about wrestling. We usually do it for the big four or five pay-per-views with the takeovers that come with them. This time we're here to talk about TakeOver New York and WrestleMania 35, which was not in New York, but it was billed as being in New York. It was in the shadow of New York. <laughs> that sounds ominous. I know. They said they said it was on the outskirts of New York, which makes it sound like they were in Mad Max, like everything was exploded and desecrated. Maybe that's true. Did you see Triple H's entrance? That's true. Yeah, good point. Uh, Sean, tell everyone where they can find us. Sure. So, uh, if you want to listen to our other wrestling specials or even listening to the Comics Pals proper, you can do so. By uh, hitting us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can find us on most uh, podcast hosting platforms, which now does include Spotify. Uh, you can get us on social media at the Comics Pals. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, look at that. WrestleMania is a crazy weekend for wrestling. I watched copious amounts of hours. I watched the G1 Super Show. I watched Joey Janela Spring Break. I watched. Orange Cassidy's uh, Wrestling Something show, uh, watch TakeOver, and Sean and I both went to WrestleMania. This was my first WrestleMania ever. Awesome, Sean, man. Sean, what was your experience like? Um, I had a great time. WrestleMania is always fun. This was my fifth one. What, other, what else uh, have you gone to? Cool. So I've been to WrestleMania 29, which was also in New York. I believe that's right. Twice um, in a lifetime. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went to WrestleMania 31, uh, which I believe Price was of the in century. Orlando. No, I didn't go to WrestleMania 31 then. It was 32. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think, yeah, oof, sorry to hear that. Was it 32? It wasn't 32. No, I'm that was, in, I'm that was in Dallas. That was in Dallas. Okay, 33, Okay. 34, 35. So oh, 29, you're on a, you're on a streak. 33, 34, 35. I am on a streak. I'm hoping to continue it next year when they go to Tampa. Uh, that's that's the that's the goal. So we'll see. But yeah. And, oh, and I forgot. The other WrestleMania that I went to, the first WrestleMania that I ever went to, was the WrestleMania where uh, Shawn Michaels ended Ric Flair's career. I can't remember the number. 24? 
That is correct. WrestleMania 24. <laughs> Look at that. Nice. Not bad. Uh, well, let me ask you a quick question. Where does this rank on the scale of WrestleManias that you've attended? So, coming out of it, my thought was that it was the best WrestleMania that I've been to. Yeah, and I think that, I think on paper that's got to be the case. Um, WrestleMania 24 is the biggest contender for that. And that show featured some some solid matches. Obviously, Shawn Michaels and Flair, Edge and The Undertaker in the main event. Yeah. Um, a pretty good Money in the Bank match that CM Punk won, which was cool for me as a huge fan of his. But there was a lot of crap. Kane and Chavo. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> just a ton of weird matches. So um, I think this is pound for pound the best show that I've been to. I think this is probably the best WrestleMania I've ever been to as well. <laughs> <laughs> High bar. High bar. Um, I'll tell you what, though. These things are eight hours long. And they feel eight hours long. <laughs> yeah, and they really weren't always like that, man. Like, this is new to me. You know, last two that I've been to have been insane. Yeah. But it's prior a, to this, they were normal length. It's like going to work. It, that's a work day. <laughs> <laughs> except, it really is. Except you get, like, emotionally wrapped up watching <laughs> it, which tires you out. It really does. I mean, my voice is still a little bit weird. Not yeah. as bad as um, as Michael Cole's. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the next day, so Monday after, you know, after everything, we didn't get, I personally didn't get back home until four in the morning. Yeah, I saw, I saw a bunch of people uh, tweeting about this, including like Brian Alvarez, and I think I saw a solemn monster tweeting about this. The Uber, Lyft, and public transportation situation was a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure, 80,000 people trying to get out of one place at the same time. Yeah, but insane. what do they do uh, for Giants games or Jets games, right? Well... First of all, there's significantly less people. But then the other thing is that they end at a certain time. The The argument that I saw that the New York Jersey Transit was making was, hey, we thought the show was ending at 11. It ended at 1230. We didn't know what to do. You didn't, they didn't tell us. So That's insane because like the last three WrestleManias all have gone out at midnight. This one got out at 1230. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I was exhausted. I, I could barely get out of bed the following day. Uh, the two people we went with called out of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, it, you just, you're wiped out. You don't, you don't want to do anything. You can barely live life. And it, it, the other thing about it is that it does hurt the crowd because the crowd was exhausted. I think the high point of the show, crowd reaction wise, was Kofi and Brian. Absolutely. And then after that, it died down really until the last match. It's kind of feeling like that's the new main event spot because last year it was Ronda Rousey versus uh, uh, Ronda Rousey the and Kurt Angle. Yeah, and that was like that felt like the mid-card main event and the crowd was there for it. But, you know, you fast forward three hours later and the crowd just doesn't have the energy. I was there for that too, and I can speak to the fact that that match 
was the most that that was the match that clearly everyone came in invested in. Yeah, you know, and I don't really get the concept of booking it so that the match that everybody cares about the most isn't the match that goes on last or even second to last or third to last. It goes on two hours before the show ends. Yeah, well, very I mean, weird. I mean, in a, in a normal circumstance, that would be a normal WrestleMania main event time. Right. Yeah, exactly. That around the time that that match goes on would normally be when you're when you're, when you're getting <laughs> ready to go home. Exactly. <laughs> um, I guess we should jump into it here. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna hit us with the main events first. Let's let's cut the fat and we'll 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 get around to everything else. Let's start with the first main event here: Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, which happened to open the show. <laughs> this was a huge surprise. Um, you know, we had the, the obligatory appearance by Hulk Hogan. Oh, racism's over in America. (laughs) Apparently so. WWE has a funny way of not announcing that Hogan is going to appear. I wonder why. He just shows up. Yeah, right. Um, but so Paul Heyman comes running out and he announces that, uh, they're just going to have the match now. If Brock's not going to be on last, they're going to go to Vegas where they're more appreciated, and uh, they get to it. And, I mean, the match didn't start right away because Brock, you know, threw Seth outside and beat him up outside, hit him with an F5 and everything else. But uh, this was quick and dirty. You had to know something crazy was going to happen because Heyman did his introduction before Lesnar was in the ring. He did his introduction before Lesnar was in the ring. He did his introduction before Hogan was even off the stage. Yeah, the dirt sheets are saying Hogan had no idea what Heyman was doing out there. That's hilarious. And I think I think Seth Rollins should be thanking uh, Vince McMahon because, honestly, at WrestleMania, the first match might be the best spot to be in. Sure. First and last. Well, the last one at this point is just so exhausting. I mean, we'll get there, but like when that match ended, people were just rushing out the gates because everyone's exhausted. Uh, this one... Everyone's hot because it's WrestleMania. I mean, you walk around the building and people are doing all kinds of chanting and stuff. Like, you got the the crowd in the palm of your hands here for this first opening match. Absolutely, uh, and it, it it helps that it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't trying to be a wrestling clinic or anything. It was a match. It was a Brock Lesnar match, and those are exciting. One of my favorite matches that I've ever seen live is Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Believe it or not. Because it was yeah, five it. minutes, and they did everything they do, which is about five moves, five moves between them, and it was <laughs> crazy. And this was similar. How do you feel about Seth Rollins being your your new uh, biggest face in the company here? It's about damn time. I think he earned it. I think it's a little overdue, quite frankly. Yeah, but ha- giving him the moment of dethroning the beast. On the grandest stage of them all is a boom for him. I just hope that they can keep his momentum going now that he's the champion, which is harder to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's no more chase. Exactly. The last time he held a, a, a world title was for like five seconds uh, at, I think, Money in the Bank 2016. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So it's been three years. Wow. Overdue. 
Yeah, big time. Uh, yeah, I was really excited for this match uh, going in. Uh, the last few Brock Lesnar matches, I guess the last two, I really liked. I really loved Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series, and I loved Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Uh, this wasn't really a match. This was more of a... This was more of a... I don't know how you describe it. Yeah, it was like a quick fight, and I liked that a lot. Uh, this was definitely a high point, and it started tonight. It, it was a great way to set the tone, for sure. Yeah, and it's hard to judge it on the merits of, of, of like a match, because like you said, it's, it wasn't. But I don't think that everybody else is going to have matches. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next main event here. Kofi Kingston with the New Day versus uh, Dan Bryan and the true main event, Eric Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this was the emotional apex of, of WrestleMania. This was everything that people came in looking forward to emotionally. Um, there was a lot of conversation about whether or not the WWE would let the three baby faces go over in the marquee matches and everybody based on, you know, prior experience with WWE was saying there's no way that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, lots of people thought that it would be Kofi that would lose um, for various <laughs> reasons. Everyone had their reasons for thinking that any of the three would, would, would lose. Um, I personally thought that there was no way they could do Kofi like they did Booker. You can't oh my God. do that. That's you, it's 2019. They, you know, they just you can't do that. Um, but they, these two performers, first of all, amazing match, really, really quality match, which is not a big surprise. But they did a great job of making you think that Daniel Bryan was going to win. Oh my God! Did they? There were several points where I was like, oh, it's just over. And there were points where I was like, Kofi looks outclassed. You know, it looks yeah. like Daniel Bryan is just better than him. And that's wrestling storytelling. They did a great job. They really did. Oh, I, I cannot agree more. Uh, going in, uh, <laughs> we had this conversation about the three baby faces. And I I knew Becky isn't, wasn't going to lose the, the main event because... It's clear that the company is behind her in a major right. way. Uh, and anyone that's uh, telling themselves otherwise is fooling themselves. Becky Lynch is... And that, that became very clear after she won both titles. The company is 110% behind Becky Lynch. Uh, but with Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston, it's not as obvious. Yeah. Um, and I remember going in, it was like, oh, if Kofi doesn't win, we riot. It was kind of like that... Rob Van Dam, John Cena pay per view. Where if Rob Van Dam didn't win, it was one night stand, and it was the uh, Starlin Ballroom was good or whatever. Or the which one is it? New York doesn't matter. This match was amazing. This was by far the high the high point of the night, Uh, both from an emotional standpoint and just a match quality standpoint. Um, Dan O'Brien is just a incredible storyteller, and and Kofi Kingston's clearly. Uh, established that he is as well. Uh, this this feels like an all timer from a WrestleMania perspective. Uh, in the way that people talk about WrestleMania 31 with the heist or WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan overcoming all the odds, this is in the uh, same category, I think, as those two matches and many others over the last 35 years. Um, 
This match went 24 minutes, and it did not feel like it. You saying that right now, like, I've seen this match twice, and I don't feel like it was 24 minutes. I, I, I really thought it was a lot shorter than that. Yeah, no, and, and while we were there, I was already starting to feel tired, and this just sucked me back in. And it was an insane atmosphere um, where 80,000 people were just getting more and more behind Kofi Kingston. Yeah, it was amazing to be a part of that. Um, I I can definitely say that I, I haven't been more emotionally invested in a match that I've ever seen live. That's without question. And it was cool to see the crowd as excited as I was, you know, and, and riding all the highs and all the lows throughout the match. And the one other thing that I was happy with was they played it straight. You know, there were no ref bumps. You did have the new day getting involved with Rowan, but that was that was fine. It didn't it didn't take away from the action between Kofi and Brian. Rowan never got his hands on Kofi. He was taken exactly. out of the match and they let they let the better man win, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, Rowan and, and Biggie and Xavier Woods got their got their licks in a little bit there, so they have a couple spots. And also, just Biggie and, and Xavier Woods were awesome and and trying to amp up the crowd from the from the side. Yeah, they did a really good job of playing their role of of being supportive without taking the spotlight off of Kofi, but also making sure that the crowd was invested and like, hey, this is a big deal. Yeah, uh, the storytelling was phenomenal. Toward the end, Daniel Bryan is doing his stop spot that he's been doing since uh, he reinvented himself, and they're just so devastating looking um, that you were really thinking like, "This is it. This is it's over. Daniel Bryan's gonna win." But then Kofi, yeah. Kofi does it back to him. And I that lost my awesome. damn mind. <laughs> yeah, that was really really cool. Uh, what sort of surprised me was uh, right after the Rowan stuff, I think, Daniel Bryan just landed the knee, right? Yeah. And I was like, it's over. That's it. That's yeah. how it ends. And it didn't. Man, if this was like if this was like the Royal Rumble, that's how it would have ended, I bet. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Because um, that does feel like a natural end point for a match, but not necessarily at WrestleMania not necessarily for the WWE title, and not not that night. What what do you want to see the New Day and Kofi do next? Obviously, the the superstar shakeups coming up, but like just for you, what do you want to see next? This is a weird situation because while it would be cool theoretically for Kofi to have, you know, a, a lengthy title run. WWE typically doesn't do that for the, you know, the miracle story champions. Like, if you look at, like, Ray, Benoit, uh, even Guerrero, um, Brian, those guys typically have shorter reigns that don't go past SummerSlam. Which is not bad. I mean, a, a run from now to SummerSlam is still a few months. I would be shocked if his championship reign lasted longer than that. And I honestly would love to see, if it has to end, which it does, Drew McIntyre be the one to take Ooh. that title. Ooh. I like that a lot. 
Uh, he needs to get his heat back. Uh, I guess we can quickly talk about that match because that was like the low point of the show for me. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Uh, this match uh, came out pretty much right after the Kofi match. There was a quick, you know, one minute match between Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre is what followed it. And the crowd was dead for it. And this was a match I expected and wanted, like, a fight. And we got a mediocre wrestling match. Yeah, uh, this this really should have been handled similarly to Seth and, and, and Brock. And I, I can understand not wanting to do the same thing twice. But you... Maybe you don't need. It doesn't need to be a match where the bell doesn't ring to start, but certainly a match where they're not doing rest holds. You know, yeah. Uh, let it be quick, and also Roman getting the definitive victory. I get that from the perspective of is wanting to establish that he is the man, and he's and back. He's back, and everything else. But you, you know, do I think it? Do I think it hurts Drew in the long run? No, not if they. Because WWE is in control, they can keep, they can get him right back where he needs to be. <laughs> that sounds bad when you put it that way. Well, um, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I, I don't think that Roman doesn't need protection. Roman is gonna be who he is. Quite frankly, I don't know how I came across on TV. That crowd made very little noise for Roman Reigns. Either way, that it just seemed like people didn't know what to do. And uh, I'm not so sure that he is as over as they think he is. But that being said, did he need to beat Drew definitively this way? No, I don't think so. I, I think that's a five-year narrative is I don't think he's as over as they think he is. Right. Uh, this guy just came back from cancer and the crowd was quiet for him. Um, also, this is the only time in the show where the crowd is legitimately distracted by nonsense. Uh, the crowd was trying to get a wave over. Right, right. Uh, the crowd, you know, this has happened to me. To me, I mean, this has happened at venues <laughs> that I have been to. Now this is the second time. Last year was awful during Roman and Brock. The crowd took over. Beach balls, waves, everything else. There was a wave at um, the prior mania as well. Roman just people just don't care about him and. They show it every single time that he has a pole position at WrestleMania. Maybe it's time to try something different. He's not the champion. Seth is over. You have other guys. Go heal. Do something. I just don't see the reason why he has to remain the number one guy when the fans don't want it that way. Yeah. uh, They have so many guys they can uh, play around with. This match was 10 minutes and 10 seconds long. And man, it felt much longer. It's. I really don't even remember anything that happened. That's the weird part. I. It was a blur. I was distracted, and I feel like they just. They. It was poorly. Um, poorly put together. Yeah, and I think this did hurt Drew. I. I. I came into this thinking Drew was the number two badass in the company after Brock, and after he lost to Roman so definitively, I was just like, oh, whatever. He's another guy. I can see why you would feel that way. I certainly don't personally because I think that they can get him back. But it really is just going to depend on what they want to do. The shakeup is coming. 
there are opportunities that that WWE has to 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 do right by him, and yeah. but we'll see if they take it. All right. Uh, let's let's go into this third main event here. This is the one that closed the show: Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair for both women's championships. Where were you when this match started, uh, emotionally and physically speaking? I was tired, like everybody else. But uh, this was the second match that I was looking forward to the most on the show. Um, I was hyped. I was hyped. You know, I really was looking forward to it. And, it, you know, it, 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 it brought me back. It definitely brought me back. I, I was so tired going into this. <laughs> I was really excited, too. Uh, this was... This might have been the match... I was probably also with you. Second most excited for uh, next to Kofi Mania. I did not like the build for this at all. I think they really bungled it. Uh, it took a bunch of different turns since Royal Rumble. Uh, I think the cleanest build of any of the matches at the Royal uh, for WrestleMania was definitely the Kofi Daniel Bryan one, which I think uh, certainly helped it. Uh, and it felt anticlimactic the way it ended. Well, let's let's talk yeah. a little bit about uh, the the build. There's been a lot of a lot of talk about the build and how it was poor and everything else, and I think that it got a little bit odd when they inserted Charlotte into the mix. Um, but you're kidding yourself if you ever thought Charlotte wasn't going to be in this match. Whether or not that was the right decision, you can argue, but she she was always going to be in the match because the original match wasn't even didn't involve Becky. The original match right. was Charlotte and Ronda. So, if anything, Becky's the one who slipped in. Uh, it doesn't look like that on television, but these things, you know, were planned out uh, a while ago. Uh, that being said, I think a lot of people um, did feel like, all right, where's this going? Becky's not in it anymore. Ronda's trying to relinquish the title. It got weird. Where, where it pulled me back in um, was... When Ronda turned. Because that was what I always felt needed to happen. I felt that everything about Ronda Rousey screams heel to me. And she needs to be that going into this match. She needs to relinquish all question marks about how soft she is. And just tear people up. And when she started doing that on television... Then I was like, okay, now I feel like there's maybe a chance she wins this match. Mm. So I loved the Royal Rumble a lot because you had you had Becky Lynch lose to Asuka, come out, and she gets knocked over by Nia Jax during the Rumble, hurts her knee, and she beats Charlotte and wins the Rumble. From there, though, it immediately starts taking weird turns. She comes out and she's milking this knee for weeks, and Steph- Stephanie McMahon's like, "We need to get you, uh, you know, medically advised, you know, with our people. Like, make sure you're going to be clear to go to WrestleMania." She's like, "I don't trust you. All this and that." And eventually, she's like, "All right, fine." And she does it after she was suspended, and she's fine. 
And then they're like, alright, we'll put you back in the match if you apologize. <laughs> and she apologizes, and they're like, okay, cool, you're back in. Wh- what? It went with Ronda turning heel. They did that weird work shoot shit, where it's like, oh, I'm a UFC fighter, this is all make-believe, I can make you all tap out. And they had these extended Twitter wars that just were cringy. Like, it, 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 they, they overcomplicated the build for this big time, I thought. Yeah, of course it was overbooked. That's what happens when you have that many shows going into WrestleMania. You have pay-per-views you have to book. That's a problem that WWE has. And this the build to this match started a really, really, really long time ago. You compared it to Brian and Kofi, but the build to that match started like a month or two ago. Right. Uh, I mean, the way they were threading it since evolution was great uh because the uh, evolution the main event was charlotte versus becky and ronda came out and pushed the uh, it was a what was it where the, you're, the triple you're talking threat about with tlc tlc that was great but even yeah. evolution because it was just becky versus charlotte like the way they kind of laid the train track pieces uh from evolution to tlc to the royal rumble was great is once they actually had to sit down and put this thing together for the for WrestleMania, they lost sight of it. If if WrestleMania had been the next month, it, everything would have been fine. They had two pay per views in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the match itself? So, even before we talk about the match, real quick, I just you want to talk about say the hype. I, I well, I just I thought that. Charlotte's entrance was super cool. Yeah. And uh, even Ronda's entrance was cool, having Joan Jett perform. Oh, that's great. I love how Becky had nothing special. Yeah. You know? Um, that's very consistent with her character. The match itself, I love. I loved it. I thought it was really strong. Um, they, they did a lot to sell Ronda as a beast. There were a lot of times where Charlotte and Becky had to... Um, unintentionally sort of team up. Like, there was... I haven't watched it on TV, but from what I could tell, there was never a moment where they agreed visually or even verbally to team up against Ronda. It just yeah. was what had to happen because she was so strong uh, that they had to take her out of the equation. I compare this match to the WrestleMania 20 Triple Threat between Benoit, Triple H, and Michaels, and obviously the WrestleMania 30 triple threat. Those are the only other triple threat matches that have closed out WrestleMania. And this was the weakest of those, in my opinion, for two reasons. One, the the WrestleMania 20 main event is maybe, well, quite frankly, both of those are maybe the greatest WrestleMania matches ever at least the greatest endings to WrestleMania ever, you can make that argument for either match. This one falls a little short of that. One, because I didn't feel the raw emotion from them during the match. There were parts where I felt like they were going through the motions of what they had to do. I've seen Charlotte give very, very visceral performances where you can see it in her face. She's one of the best at that. And I didn't get that from this match. I gotta watch it on TV, but live. I didn't see that. Um, Ronda still has work to do on that element. And I don't know if I've ever felt that way about Becky. 
there also wasn't anything that was really um they didn't they didn't throw themselves out there enough and take enough risks. I never felt like they were fighting for something that mattered so much that they were willing to do anything. Maybe I'm misremembering, but it it, it never felt like they took it to the next gear. Like they yeah. switched gears and, and and really tried to destroy each other. I never got that vibe. And then of course the botched ending. But what about you? Yeah. Uh it I think the way you put it was best, where it never reached the extra gear. There's a few matches like that. Uh, both major Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles matches felt like it never reached the extra gear, even, especially the one at TLC. Like it felt like, oh, okay, we're, that's we're saving this for the next one, and it, next one it never happened. Right. Um, I, that just happened, or like Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles feuds. It never. It always felt like it was lacking that extra gear. Uh, an extra five, ten minutes to to become this all time great match. Uh, so I, I'm with you there. Uh, uh, from a hype perspective, they did a great job of making these three women seem very important. I will sure. totally give them that. Uh, I loved seeing Joan Jett. I'm a I'm a huge fan of uh, the Runaways and the Black Cards. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, and they made they did the whole helicopter thing with Charlotte Flair uh, that uh, Jimmy Crockett and WCW did with Ric Flair back in the 80s, which is also very cool. Uh, I think this was one of the sloppiest Ronda Rousey matches. It just seemed like she was trying to rush to do everything. Yeah. And I don't think it translated well. She definitely came off like this is a dangerous animal or whatever, like you gotta contain this person because he will destroy you. But it it lacked the emotional element, and I wonder if that's because I was so tired when I watched it. Uh, and the other thing I thought was odd was after Roman Reigns lost to Brock Lesnar last year, the crowd stuck around to boo, even though it was well mm-hmm. after midnight. For this match, people fled to the exits. It was a mass exodus to get out of there. Well, I have a couple thoughts about that. Um, So last year, we stuck around to boo because, partially because the show, the show, there was some deceptive stuff that went on, at least from my perspective. It didn't quite feel like the show was over. When 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 the match ended, it felt like something else was going to happen. I remember being like, wait, is it over, over? Because then they, I think they played, they did several replays. They did, um, they showed the, the, the reel of everything that happened. Um, and it didn't feel like the show was over. This year, they didn't do all that. It, like they showed a couple replays, Becky held the title up, and then that was all, and you you knew that. Um, the year before WrestleMania 34, you had the Undertaker's final uh, bow, or what appeared to be the final bow, and then everybody stood around to say thank you, Taker. This year, it didn't feel like any of that was required. Like it was kind of like, all right, cool, show's over, uh, let's get the heck out of here. That's fair. I don't know that. I don't. I don't feel personally like that was because people were tired. I just feel like it was because we knew the show ended. Uh, that's fair. Uh, 
My my other complaint is how anticlimactic the ending was. Uh, when Ronda got pinned through that crucifix style roll up, uh, it felt like there was still more to do. Uh, one thing that's great about Charlotte is she does this amazing corkscrew moonsault that she seems to save for like WrestleMania. She never whipped that out. She did that awesome Spanish fly, but never saw. You know, never saw that. Uh, also, a match like this that has three three wrestlers that have these great submission moves, you didn't have those suspense spots, really. Uh, Charlotte got the figure eight in, but it didn't last very long because Becky uh, did a... Uh, uh, she jumped from the top rope to end the, disrupt the submission. I, I feel like this match needed more of that kind of suspenseful submission spots. I don't know how true this is but i read coming out of that show that um that yeah, ronda the, broke the her hand. was botched ronda did break her hand but i also read that that was not how the match was supposed to end that the match was supposed to end with becky making charlotte tap and that there was some kind of miscommunication between the referee becky and ronda on the crucifix spot that mm. Ronda was actually supposed to not lose to that. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's believable because that was really weird. On one hand, I could see how WWE wants to keep Ronda strong by, yeah, she lost, but not really or not like definitively. Um, I get that. And then also not have Charlotte lose definitively because they want to keep that going and Ronda is leaving. That makes sense to me. I could see them doing something screwy because of all of those factors, but this is the ending of WrestleMania. Yeah. In the history of WrestleMania finishes, especially in the modern era, how many how many weird screwy finishes can you think of? Not many. I can't think of any. Um yeah, according to the observer, apparently that was the planned finish. They Wow. They uh, the only thing is that Ronda had her shoulder up by accident, but that was the that was that was the only botch is that she accidentally had one shoulder up. Uh, that's that's weird. And they didn't want to have Becky submit Ronda because uh, there was a lot of people backstage that said, "Oh, it's unbelievable." <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was like, it was like a big debate backstage, but yeah, that was the, supposedly according to the observer that was the planned finish. All right, fair enough. If it was, then they they booked themselves into a weird ending for what should have been, one way or another, a definitive end. I think with WrestleMania is not the place to do things like that. Like even if it's a even if like for example, Stone Cold versus The Rock, where Vince McMahon came out and helped Austin. All right, yeah. that's a screw job finish, but it's definitive. Like Stone Cold definitely did win. And that was all. Well, he had the rock with like a million chairs. <laughs> right. He definitely did. But it was legal and, you know, whatever. It was an ending that felt like closure for that match. Yeah. This time, I wasn't even sure that the match ended. But there were a lot of confused yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, that's how I felt. I was I was astonished when it ended. Uh, in person, I was, I was as excited that Becky won. Uh, I've always been a, a big fan of hers. Uh... If I was watching at home, I might have been really pissed off, though. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, uh, a good a good match that flirted with greatness, but never quite got where it should have gone. 
Yeah. And you know what? They made history, too. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like, going forward, Becky Lynch is going to feud with Lacey Evans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was... This was my thought that she would um, that she would end up facing Lacey Evans because there's been constant chatter about WWE seeing a lot in Lacey, but she came up at a time where it was you know right before Mania, card is stacked already. I think her, Alistair Ricochet, EC3, they were never going to be allowed to do anything that felt important. Because they just didn't have room for them. It was easy to slot Alistair and Ricochet into the tag title picture because you can always just do a fatal four way for the tag titles, and right. you know they're they're exciting wrestlers. Um, but with Lacey, I, I do think it was smart to hold her off. I had the theory that she would win the battle royal, um, but that was also smart not to have that happen because. You, She's been doing this whole I walk around gimmick. Why blow that off with a random battle royal win on the pre-show? Waiting until the Raw after Mania to put her in a hot feud with Becky gives her immediate value in the crowd's eyes. Yeah. And I think that's smart. What was weird was that she hit Becky with the women's right and didn't knock her out. <clears throat> that That's her finishing move. Didn't knock her out. Yeah, it kind of undercuts her finisher, huh? Yeah, and Becky wasn't expected to get punched in the mouth. All right. Is it would have been, been so horrible? If she... Right, exactly. All right, Sean. Give me uh, give me your highlights from the rest of the card here. What what what, what stood out the most to you here? We have a bunch of other matches here. We don't have to go into all of them in, uh, in great detail, but uh, hit me with some of the high spots for you. Well, I wanted to talk about Randy Orton versus AJ Styles because cool. for the crowd at home, you probably couldn't tell this, but during the match, a lot of people couldn't see. Uh, people who were in the lower bowl couldn't see the match because there were these crazy um, uh, hyper rays, these yellow rays that were blind spots. You couldn't see through them. There was a particular point where they had one on the like on the crowd, and... I, myself, couldn't see through that ray. So I couldn't see the superplex. I believe it was a superplex that Randy did on AJ. I couldn't see that. It was impossible to see through that light. And if you go on Twitter or Instagram, you'll see photos of this light. There were many people who could see. So it was very distracting. Um, Randy Orton went on Instagram and apologized for everyone uh, that couldn't see it. Yeah. I agree with what he said, though. That match was really good. I watched it back. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really good. One of the better matches that Randy has had at WrestleMania <laughs> in a while. And uh, I would say for AJ, it, maybe Shane and AJ was better, maybe. But this was really good. Um, Yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. This match also felt like it lacked uh, extra gear. This, this felt like a B pay-per-view match, I thought. Which is not a bad thing. I thought it was a really good match. But... Uh, I felt like they could have done more, I guess. I got to tell you, AJ Styles, like, I love him. He might be my favorite wrestler that's on the card right now. He hasn't had a catalog of incredible matches when it counts. On these big pay-per-views, 
his WrestleMania uh, track record isn't the best. Um, it's because it's pretty good. His Jericho match was great. I uh, really didn't like that. Really? Yeah, I did not like that match. I thought that was the best match at Mania 32. Oof. Maybe it was, but that Mania sucked. It so. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> I thought that that match was incredibly underwhelming. Two of my favorite wrestlers, and I just I thought it was bad. Uh, um, and then the following year was Shane McMahon versus AJ, which might have been the best ma- uh, match on that Mania. That was very good. That was very, very good. But his match with Shinsuke, yeah. that was rough. Yeah. This one I thought was was good, though. So in my mind, he's he's got two really good matches and then two matches that I don't think are good at all. But that's me. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, it, it also, uh, he's also like 41 years old or whatever. Yeah, it's just that I know, because like then you look at his match with Brock, right? Which I think is Oof, really, fantastic. really good. His match with uh, Roman, that was that that was incredible. His first match with Daniel Bryan was very good. Uh, yeah, his his match with Finn Balor was really good. But in any event, I think him and Randy had some chemistry, and I think yeah. they put on a gr- a good show. Could it have been better? Yes, but it was also the only the second match on the show. So, you yeah. know, sometimes you don't want to yeah go all out when you're only second. Um. Yeah, it was. I, I really liked it too. It went 16 minutes, uh, but it was a little distracting because the crowd could not see, and that was definitely a focus point for even us in the audience being like, "Wow, this sucks for these people." Yeah, and what's going on? You know, we didn't even. You know, for a while it was hard to tell, but yeah. um, I, I do think that that match was really good. Uh, other than that, there there were a couple of other uh, things I wanted to call out. Uh, I thought the. The uh, Usos yes. retaining in the tag match was good, but that match actually was very good. That, that this was the was best match very, of the night. Good. You think so? Uh, from like second best match. I already forgot about yeah. Kofi Mania. Second best match of the night. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That they did a great job. The spot with uh, Cesaro and Sheamus just taking <laughs> over the match and um, Cesaro spinning. I think it was Jay Ricochet. Oh, Ricochet, sorry, yeah. Um, that was so, so good. Um, had a lot of fun watching that match back. Um, the That's women's tag match. To be. Yeah. The women's tag match got a lot of flack. I watched that back. I thought that was good. It, it was... That was probably the worst match on the card. Second worst match. Uh, it was It was fine. It, came at, it was at a point in the card where it was... Uh, it was a cool-down match. It was, it, I had no issues with it. Um, Samoa Joe, the, the WWE did something that they don't always do, unfortunately, where they took a bad situation for someone and made it great for someone else. Ray yeah. is injured. He couldn't have the match he wanted to have. They, they used that to put Joe over strong. He's a monster. And let him squash Ray. That is something that Joe has needed for a while. They wouldn't give it to him. They finally did. That was cool. This was his debut um, match. Oh, yeah, right. His first Mania match. He was hurt last year, and they held him off the card the year before. Yep. Um, I guess we should talk about this 24, 25-minute match of Triple H versus Batista. Yeah. Uh, what, do you uh, think of, what do you think of this one? You know what? I wasn't as down on it as everybody else, but I certainly think it could have been... You could, it could have easily been 10 minutes shorter, maybe 15 minutes shorter, and you don't <laughs> lose a lot. 
Like, these two guys are old. Triple yeah. H needs to stop. I don't know who... I'm not, I'm not going to automatically blame him for the length. No, it's him, because every every mania, this man wants to do a 30-minute match. Yeah, these these guys are old. They, they didn't need this much time. I understand 15 minutes. That's okay. It's Batista's last match. I get all of that. But it didn't need to be a half an hour almost like let's with, let's let's chill with the entrances it was probably a half hour yeah oh yeah absolutely and, and, and by comparison you know this match was longer than every other match on the whole show this killed the crowd too yeah there there was nothing i don't even know what happened he pulled you know? his nose ring out triple h pulled batista's nose ring out that was dumb like I don't. I don't even believe that that really happened. I don't know if it did or didn't. It, it didn't. Come on. Yeah. Where was the blood? Uh, that's yeah. that's insane. That that's crazy. This match would have worked a lot better in uh, two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, because yeah. they're limited by the PG environment. You know, they're limited. There, there's certain things they can't do. They can't uh, bust themselves open. No. You know. You're right. Uh, no chair shots to the head. Not that that's necessary, but this match, you can't, like, t- for me personally, I no longer care about matches like this when they can't go all the way. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, I was very happy to see Batista. I like him a lot. Uh, it was cool to see his retirement match because he did go on Twitter afterwards and announced that he was retiring from uh, wrestling. Yeah. I, I, I really was glad to get to see Batista before he retired, although it turns out I was wrong. This wasn't my first time seeing Batista. Oh. He was at WrestleMania 24 in a match with Umaga, which I completely <laughs> I don't, forgot about. I don't remember that match. Yeah, the only I only remember from that pay-per-view Michaels, uh, Flair, Floyd Mayweather, and Big Show and Undertaker Edge. I totally forgot Batista was there. But anyway, um, yeah, cool to see Batista. I know a lot of people were very hyped for him. I loved his entrance. I thought it was cool. Um, I'm going to miss Batista because I genuinely feel like he left right when his best years were starting. Mm. And there was an opportunity. Like, remember, he retired... After his match with Cena, he's like, I quit. That version of Batista could have been something really, really special. Yeah. Um, now he's a big movie star doing all kinds of great character work. James Bond, Marvel movies. Uh, he's going to be in Dune. He's doing all kinds of great stuff. Uh, I was really happy to see him go. Uh, he tripped on his way to the ring, but he hasn't done this in like six years. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I, any, anything that didn't go right for him in the match is like, well, he hasn't wrestled in forever, and he's like, you, 50 you understand, years old. exactly. But at the same time, for it being six years or whatever since he last wrestled, looked, looked pretty good. good. Looked good. Looked pretty good. Uh, I guess we should also mention Kurt Angle's retirement match. This immediately followed that Triple H match. So, so, so disappointing uh i get it i get that wwe wanted you know for whatever reason they believe in baron corbin they wanted to try to get get some more heat on him 
You know, he's their spoiler. He's the guy who comes out and the crowd hates him. And he's like, oh, you wanted to see Kurt Angle win his last match? No, that's not going to happen because I'm here. You know, and, and that worked in the sense that, you know, I, I hate Baron Corbin. The problem is that I hate him in the sense that I want him to go away. Yeah. Heels are supposed to be people that you want to pay money to see you lose. I don't want to pay money to see Baron Corbin. I want to pay money to never see Baron Corbin. Um, and if there is a deal that I can sign up for where that can happen, I will whatever the amount is, like send me the send me the bill. I don't yeah. like him. People if got it, to go to the bathroom when he, his entrance music hit. Yeah, I really despise him. If you put anyone else in this match, like pretty much any, anybody else, I'm okay with Kurt losing. Wouldn't it have been great if it was Kevin Owens who retired him? Sure. Kevin Owens could use that. But he's a face right now or whatever they're doing. I don't know. Look, it makes sense on paper that Baron Corbin would be the last person that Kurt Angle faces because of the story that they've been telling. It, it it does. It makes sense. The problem is I just hate Baron Corbin and so does everybody else. It's it's not even yeah, it's like it's go away he. Like when he's on TV, I legitimately change the channel. I have no interest in watching him wrestle. I have no interest in watching him talk. When yeah. when he came out last night on on Monday Night Raw, I literally got up and went to the bathroom. I was like, alright, don't need to watch this. I actually did too. Because I don't care about him. It's not even that I hate him. It's he's nothing. Yeah, he's not particularly good. Um, he's annoying on every level. He has he wears weird clothes to the ring. There's yeah. nothing nothing redeeming about him. Last thing I wanted to mention was uh, seeing the demon was really cool. Yes, and not just that. Uh, Finn, <laughs> I thought it was really cool uh, as well. Uh, there's not many opportunities to see the demon in person. He does it once, twice a year. Uh, so we can always say we saw the demon at his first WrestleMania. Yeah. And he did a bunch of different moves he hasn't done since he was in Japan. Uh, he did, like, a bicycle kick, a scissor kick. Uh, he did a power slam on Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. That was that crazy. Was nuts. He does not do power moves like that. Yeah, I I had a hard time believing what I saw. I had to I had to like do a double take. Like, did that happen? And Lashley speared him through the ropes. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. They you know they had four minutes. They made the most out of those four minutes. Uh, not just that he speared him through the ropes and then speared him in the ring, and he still kicked out it too. They made the demon look really strong. <laughs> yeah, it 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 is kind of silly though that. The demon is this good, but that Finn brings it out so sparingly. I feel like there's a storyline that needs yeah. to take place yeah. uh, where the demon starts to wrest control from Finn. And he has some sort of, not not a, not in a corny way, because that could, that could go off very badly. But where he becomes the champion through the demon, and Finn is not necessarily in control of what's going on. Yeah. Something like that. They they need to find a story explanation for why he doesn't use the demon all the time. Then you could do something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Lashley had these like uh, vampire hunter uh, contacts in his eyes. <laughs> I saw that. 
Uh, pretty cool. I I kind of warmed up to Bobby Lashley uh, the last few months. I uh, I hope they do something kind of cool with him. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I'm not so sure that they will. But hey, he went on second to last at WrestleMania, the year that he came back to WWE, and he had a high. Pro- I mean, look, it's high profile. The WWE sees the Demon as one of their marquee. Yeah, figures. He the demon is always all over the posters and everything yeah. else. For Bobby Lashley to be the guy that got beat by that, that's a great spot for him. And by the way, Finn Balor, he's won two WrestleMania matches so far. One, right? He's, he's won one. Oh, he's one and one. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, but you know, he wasn't pinned in the triple threat last year. The Miz was by Seth Rollins. So right. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, hopefully the demon at least can go on a win streak. Demon is undefeated in mainline WWE proper. Yeah. Uh, he's only lost once in NXT, but he he's beaten AJ, he's beaten Baron Corbin, he's beaten Seth Rollins, and he's beaten Bray Wyatt. And now he's beaten uh, Bobby Lashley. Right. Uh, hey, give me uh, five words or less on these matches. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tony Nese versus Buddy Murphy for the cruiserweight title. I did. I did not watch it. Cool. Uh, Carmella wins the uh, women's battle royal. I don't care about it. <laughs> Braun Strowman eliminates Colin Jost and Michael Shea for the Andre and Giant battle royal. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder defeat the Ra- the Revival for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Good for them. Cool. Uh, all in all, that- <laughs> that's <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I was talking to people who are watching at home that I'm friends with uh, who were saying this was the best WrestleMania in years. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, WWE, you know, they said... Like at the tail end of last year, I think. Oh, we're going to start giving the fans what they want. And this year's WrestleMania very much was that. And uh, it really isn't that hard, no, quite frankly. Not. You know, um, WrestleMania should be primarily where you just pay things off. And they did that. Pretty much everybody who should have won, won. With very few exceptions. Um, most of the matches lived up to their to their hype whatever their hype was uh we got one of the most memorable experiences ever seeing Kofi beat Daniel Bryan and I think I think even the women's match whether or not you think it 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 lived up to the hype it's monumental historic and it's not going to be a match that we ever forget simply because it was the first time that it ever happened so I don't see how you can have less than positive feelings about a mania that that was like this yeah it was too long you could have shaved it down certain matches some match lengths but overall great great job by wwe and for me this goes into the upper echelon of wrestlemanias yeah yeah uh yeah pretty much every major baby face one and that's what wrestlemania should be yeah it's a crazy concept, sending people home happy. 
<laughs> I know, right? Well, WWE certainly did a 180 on the Raw after Mania. You want to, you want to quickly talk about that? Yeah, let's let's jump jump into that real quick. Uh, a couple notable things happened. Lars Sullivan came out. He beat up uh, Kurt Angle, so he's finally made his debut after his uh, anxiety attacks. So who knows what they'll do with him? But he's clearly being groomed to be the new monster in town. Yeah, um, I don't like Lars Sullivan. Either. I have no interest in him on any level. I think his finisher sucks. Yeah. Uh, he looks weird, and he I really like a crappy guy in real life too. Right. Exactly. I don't give a shit about his anxiety. Uh, <laughs> I just I don't. Um, like Brock Lesnar when he told Heath Slater he doesn't care that he has kids. Exactly. Um, I really would have preferred like a lot of other people in this particular spot. You mentioned Kevin Owens. I think that this would have been a good spot for him. Drew McIntyre, whoever. I don't care about Lars. Lacey Evans came out after Becky Lynch cut a uh, babyface promo. Uh, got sucker punched by Lacey uh, you know, Lacey Evans sucker punch Becky Lynch. That seems like that's the new feud. How do you feel about that? We kind of alluded to it briefly before. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, I think there needed to be a fresh face. Ember Moon is still injured. Um, don't want to see Nia Jax. The, the, she needs a good feud to jump into between now and the brand split. Whatever happens after the brand split is what it is. This puts Lacey in a prime spot. We knew that that was going to happen. What I love about Lacey Evans is that she can turn the switch from being this, like, they keep calling her a sassy Southern Belle, whatever. That's dumb. But <laughs> she can go from that to this vicious yeah. fighter on the drop of a dime, and that's awesome. Uh, I've hated her her little spots the last month so much. Uh, last night, was finally, I was like, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> Yep. It's pretty good. I'm ready for this. I'm a big Lacey Evans fan, and I make no bones about it. Uh, next thing that happened is Bobby Lashley uh, murdered Dean Ambrose in his last match in uh, WWE for now. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't even think the match got out got, got started. Oh, you're right. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, they gave Bobby Lashley his heat back. Yeah, um, and that's that's fine. I mean, look, Dean is on his way out. We all know it. They've They said as much. And when someone's on their way out, you yeah. do the right thing by other people. Someone, Someone's loss has to always be someone else's gain. Bobby needed the game. Uh, oddly, Sami Zayn came out to a babyface pop and said he wanted to wrestle someone. Uh, so Finn Balor came out, which was weird. What was weird about that is it should have been the other way around. Is Finn Balor came out to you know, receive his you know, cheers for being the new intercontinental champion and said it's an open face challenge or whatever. Uh, and then Sami Zayn came out for a huge ovation because, oh, Sami Zayn's back. I see what you mean, and I thought as much. But then after the match. But exactly. The fact that he turned back to heel, because what I think people forgot is that when he left, he was a heel. Right. WWE seems to see something in him as a heel. That's fine. I think his promo last night was fire. Oh, it was great. It was the best thing he's ever cut. Yeah, that was great. And I was mad that they had him come out and lose his first match back. That's what I thought, but, too. I was like, how are you putting these two up against each other? Finn can't lose. Yeah. He just won the title. And Sammy just first match, but it made sense. I doubted it, them, and it worked. 
it worked out brilliantly. That might have been the best thing that happened on Raw. It was, and, for sure. Uh, I hope that Sammy gets to build some momentum off that. All right, let's hit let's hit the main thing here. Seth Rollins starts the show, gets a huge applause. New Day come out. Kofi comes out. He says it's pretty cool that Becky is, a, you know, a holder of two world titles. What if we did that right now? So the whole show, you're thinking there's a title versus title match to main event. As the show went on, I began thinking like, okay, there's no way this is gonna happen. Uh, like, I don't even think this match is gonna happen. And the crowd is disappointed with a tag match with Kofi and Seth versus The Bar. Yeah, this is an example of WWE. Really, it, it felt like just having fun for themselves. You know, like just let's let's screw over the fans. They're thinking it's going to be this guy, that guy, whoever. Let's let's just throw the bar out there. You know. <laughs> um, it doesn't make sense because they're not even on Raw. Right. But hey, what's screw their motivation it. too? Yeah, why would they even want to do this? Why you do know, they care? WWE just they can't get out of their own way. It's it's really weird. It's odd that they do this. Think about it, right? Let's 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 change the scenario. Let's say that Kofi and, and uh Seth have f- like 10, 15 really strong minutes because they're not going to do this again. They're not going to actually merge the belts. So let's say they have they get they get all their stuff in. And at the near the end of the match, Drew McIntyre comes out, lays them both out, picks up both of their belts, holds them around his shoulders, and the show closes with him looking like a beast. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Or the the Undisputed Era interfere and take them both out. That would have been the greatest debut. Right. But no, the bar. Yeah, the bar. A team that is tired and done. It's a joke. We'll see what happens on SmackDown or with the Superstar Shake-Up. Uh, is there any particular switches you want to see now that it, we're upon that? Uh, yeah, I think that Drew needs to go to SmackDown. I agree. I, I really think he's done about everything he can do on Raw, and I want to see him take the belt from Kofi, like I said, so got to be on SmackDown to do that because I don't think that they're going to switch the champions around. Um, I would like to see some more Joe on Raw. Switch Joe and Finn. Yeah, switch Joe and Finn for sure. Uh, I don't think I don't have a problem keeping AJ where he is. I like his, you know, you know the face that runs the place. You know, he's the, he's the guy on SmackDown. I think he should go to Raw. I think it's time, shake it up a little bit with him. You could do that, um, but I'd also like to see him and Drew mix it up. I think that there's fun to be had with that. Um, I I uh I don't know. I want, I want to see Nakamura on Raw. Nakamura belongs on Raw at this point. I think that's a great call out. Um, but the question, Black there too. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's Alistair or Ricochet, right? Yeah, so I would say Ricochet on SmackDown, Black on Raw. Alistair Black feels like a Raw guy. And him and Nakamura could have great bouts. Oh, forget it. And I want to see Alistair. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I want to see Alistair challenge uh, Seth Rollins for the belt. But um, other than that, my big question mark is surrounding the women. I would say, I would say Sasha needs to go to SmackDown. Could see that. 
she needs to be top face there. She could do stuff with Asuka. Uh, you could do all kinds of cool stuff. Is Becky floating? For now. Do you think she keeps both belts, or do they take one of them off her? Eventually, they got to take one off her, but I think she should say both champs for a couple months. I think that they should actually keep one, just one women's champion, and let that person float. And same for the tag titles. Yeah, you're, I think you're probably right, especially since you made these women tag team titles. That I don't think you need both titles. I would be okay with them merging, but I don't think they're going to do that. So I'm just trying to operate in the confines of what they're probably going to do. Yeah, you might be right about that. Um, oh, I'd send the Usos to, to Raw, too. Sorry? Send the Usos to Raw, too. So switch champions there as well. Yeah. I guess you can't do that. They have these colored belts. Right, it gets yeah, it gets weird. Um, the bar, I I would love to see them split them up. Yeah, send Cesaro. Keep him on SmackDown. Send Sheamus to Raw. Yeah, and and quite frankly, SmackDown probably needs to grab Roman or Brock because Smack SmackDown is going to Fox, and they're not going to want Fox to have Fox is not going to want to have a weaker roster than Raw. Yeah, I would send Brock there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and Ronda, too. Fuck it. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's talk about this TakeOver show, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's just start from, the, uh, from the, the main match here. We had Johnny Gargano defeat Adam Cole in a 2 out of 3 falls match for the vacant NXT title. This match went 38 minutes. <laughs> This was incredible. Yeah, I I loved it. Uh, it. They had such little wiggle room to work with. They literally had two weeks to build this. Yeah, Champa's injury really threw a monkey wrench into everything. But the thing about NXT, you know, I mentioned earlier that someone's loss always needs to be someone else's gain in wrestling, and NXT is better about that than the main roster by far. Um, We've seen, unfortunately, that that title's plagued with injuries, right? But every time they find a way to make the next guy or whatever get, you know, be, uh, you know, someone, uh, they, they, they make a story out of it. They make it this, interesting. This is the first time the NXT title's ever been vacant. Uh, well, maybe that's true, but I feel like, well, okay, so Drew McIntyre got that's injured. Where you're going. Yeah. Um, Oscar got injured. She's not the, the NXT right. champion, but that was um, the last time a title was vacant, I believe. Yeah, and then um, there wasn't any other person who who left due to injury. I feel like, uh, not not a title holder. Hmm. Okay. But there you go. Uh, yeah. What What do you think of the match? How do you like the the two the first two falls? How do you like the undisputed era's involvement? Give me your highlights here. Two, two out of three falls is one of my favorite match types. Uh, they tend to go down the same way. It's very kind of like basic. It's the heel wins the first fall, um, and then the baby face wins the next two. That tends to be the way it goes. Um, and this one played out about the same way you would expect it to. Um, I thought they put on a great show. Adam Cole is a guy that I actually thought would be 
um, on the main roster already. And I'm a little surprised that he's not. I think he... I personally would have liked it if he won the belt right here. I understand that the plan probably was always for Johnny to win, right? So, like, if Ciampa was in it, I think this was going to be Gargano's moment. I think that has a lot more weight if he beats Ciampa than if he beats Cole because they don't have any great history with each other. Their their promos uh, toward one another two weeks ago were very good, though. I saw them. They were great. And I'm not taking anything away from what either one of them tried to do. It's yeah. just the weight of the feud that Gargano and Ciampa have been having for years yeah. versus a feud that's been going on for weeks. So they did, they did a lot of... Go ahead. I was just going to ask you if it bothered you that Ciampa came out at the end. Yeah, big time. That was stupid. Yeah. That broke, made no sense. Broke kayfabe big time there. Yeah, I mean, that's curtain call type stuff. It is, yeah. Uh, I would have been okay if they did that after the show went off the air or whatever. Right. Why would they celebrate together? I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. I, I, I didn't care for that. Uh, the match itself was incredible. Uh, Adam Cole is an extraordinarily underrated wrestler. This was... So, I, I like Adam Cole a lot. But I haven't necessarily been sold on his wrestling the way that a lot of other people seem to be. This match did it for me. Yeah, for sure. There was a lot of that in this show. Uh, I think the Undisputed Era comes up for the shakeup next week. I I hope so, man. But I really don't want them to just be Guys. announced as like, oh, Raw gets the Undisputed Era. I I really want them to get that kind of like um that uh God the Nexus that kind of Nexus yeah. angle where they just tear stuff up and. You know, really make their presence felt. They have a tendency to waste these yeah. call-ups where they can be really cool. Kevin Owens. Remember when he... That was that was so cool, the way they did that. Where is that ingenuity? Where is that, you know, Kevin try Owens, to build someone? Asuka, Finn Balor, these guys all got huge call-ups. Yeah. Even Ricochet and Alistair Black are doing pretty well for themselves call-up-wise. Like, they seem undefeatable. Oh uh, yeah, they they haven't long. Well, they did they, just lose at Mania, but they, they haven't lost they, clean, right? And they, I don't believe that either one of them was pinned. So yeah. they lost at uh, the Rob Go Home Show uh, going into Mania, but that was a countout loss, right? So they're protecting them. My only, I guess, criticism, and this is you know, this is just how I think about it. I think that Alistair Black and Ricochet. Um, both could have had really awesome call-ups that immediately draw attention to them as, like, players, you know? Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, 100% agree, but they called them up during Mania season, so... Well, uh, to, but to, to amend that, though, I will say, now the fan base has a familiarity with them. Because yes. one thing that I think happens is people assume that people who watch Raw and SmackDown also watch NXT, and that's not true. So now that the fan base has a familiarity with these guys, when they do get split up and they do something cool, people will react to it. And they already seem like stars. Yep. Uh, I want to talk about maybe my favorite. This this Gargano Cole match was probably my favorite match of the weekend from a like quality standpoint. But if it's not that, 
it's this other match, which is the Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle for the NXT North American Championship. This match was insane. That, this, yeah. It, 17 minutes long, and it was just Velveteen Dream trying to stay away from this monster. They made Matt Riddle look as good as he probably could possibly look. I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen a wrestler be that relentless. Like, he just kept coming. And, I, like, I told you, I wasn't sold on Matt Riddle. I, I haven't really seen anything worth caring about up until this match. And this was a performance where I was like, man, this guy's one of my favorite guys now. That, He's that dangerous. shit was cool. Yeah. He, he was out there and you thought, this guy can beat anyone there's a big thing with him on on twitter where he keeps saying i want to retire brock lesnar and it's like matt riddle should retire brock lesnar i i mean they made a believer out of me yeah uh just no rest spots at all every time dream did something or anytime uh riddle did anything riddle would just get right back up and do something else or he would turn it around and improvise on the spot yep there was a spot where he was about to put him in an ankle lock and and dreams just started kicking him so he just switched legs yeah, man. The, the the only performance that I can think of off the top of my head that that was similar to this was when Kurt Angle faced Randy Orton at uh, an ECW show, and he just wouldn't stop coming for him, and that was that was really cool. That this reminded me of that. But Matt Riddle is a dynamic wrestler who it just like it just feels like he can do anything with his body, and. Um, he doesn't feel stiff. He feels super loose. And him and Velveteen Dream worked an awesome match. Velveteen Dream, I, I can't wait to see what his future is. Yeah. Uh, I like the finish a lot because it definitely seems like Dream stole one. And and Riddle yeah. was able to hit a switch where he was like, ah, damn, you got me. And like a playful way because he's just a stoner guy. <laughs> I can't wait till he gets serious. Well, that, that's what that was. That match was him being serious. Like, he, he hits these switches. I, I mean, like, personality-wise. Yeah, that would be a cool story. Yeah. Because I kept saying, this guy's like a Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fighting machine. That's a good That's a good comparison. Which, doesn't, uh, what, which helps is that he looks like a giant monkey man. Yeah. He's got those yeah. long, noodly arms and stuff. He also stole milk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he tweeted or went on Instagram about how he stole milk and no one caught him because uh, he's a weird stoner guy. It's hilarious. Um, I think the other uh, highlight of uh, this show was Walter versus Pete Dunne for the UK title. This was probably Walter... your first formal introduction to Walter's matches. What do you think? Yeah, this was the first time I've seen Walter wrestle. Walter is cool. Um, I I like... That he has one name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to love Andrade then. No. Um, <laughs> I just think that his name, Walter, in all caps, is awesome. I like that he doesn't look... like He, he doesn't... He's not a bodybuilder. He's, you know, nothing like that. He looks like the kind of guy who could beat up any other regular guy, you know? Um, and he is imposing without having to say much. And... There's a difference between Walter in my mind and um, like a guy like Vladimir Kozlov. You know, Vladimir looked 
cartoony and stupid. Walter looks serious. And I love Pete Dunn. I'm a huge fan of his. I was sad to see his run end. Even though it wasn't like a great championship run. He didn't defend it all the time or whatever. But if it had to end, it ended in a way that puts somebody else over who I think is also going to be a big star someday. Walter's legit. He comes off like an old-world strong guy. Yes, yes, exactly. He looks like a wrestler plucked out of, like, the 40s. Yeah, exactly. And between his entrance and his uh, his winning theme, which are, uh, it's a, ah, shoot, I forget. It's a old-timey, uh, yeah. it's great. Uh, he comes off like a world beater. He's going to be the Brock Lesnar of that UK division. Can't wait to see what he does because he's got these uh, in an OTT, which is an Irish promotion. Uh, he just had these two great matches with Jordan Devlin, and that's mm-hmm. who I have to imagine he's going to face next or whatever in, in the UK scene, and that's going to be phenomenal. Uh, it was great. Uh, maybe Pete Dunn comes up now. Oh God, I would love that because it feels like I really it's would. Time right? He's done everything he can do. There, I mean, what else is there? Maybe a rematch, but that's it. Yeah, bring him up. Uh, that takes us to the women's fatal four-way match for the uh, NXT Women's Championship, which is Shayna Baszler defending against Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kyrie Sane. Uh, I was astonished that Shayna Baszler retained. I knew she was going to win because um, Bianca Belair isn't quite ready yet. And Io Shirai um, and Kairi Sane, I don't know. Like, they they were, they came into the match as a unit. Yeah. And typically speaking, when that happens, neither person wins. Uh, um, Bianca Belair, her whole thing was like, I'm coming into this match by myself and I'm alone. And Shayna has, you know, the, the four horsemen women gimmick going on. But they're telling a story that I'm that I'm enjoying so much between Shayna and Bianca. Look at how Bianca reacted when she was put in the choke. She she freaks out. She's like a fish out of water. Yeah. And she I love that because I know that one day she's going to beat her. Yeah. And that's when Shayna's gonna come up. They're keeping Shayna there to tell Bianca's story. And that's great. Yeah, I agree. They clearly they clearly see a lot of Bianca for good reason. They've they've done a great job trying to rebuild the NXT women's division the last six months or so because these poor women are all very capable in different ways. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I I mean I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't know how other people feel about Shayna Baszler, but I'm a massive fan of hers. I think she's she has a awesome. lot of haters. A lot of haters. Yeah, well, you know what? Screw those people. Um, <laughs> she's really good. All these women were good, and they put their best foot forward. Um, there were a lot of cool moments. Bianca Belair uh, picking up both yeah. Kyrie and Io um, and doing, I forget what, what the move is called, um, put the torture rack into the slam. That was amazing. Yeah, she's strong. Yeah. Oof. Uh. Io and Kyrie had some crazy spots too. Uh, they are so talented, those two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a shame that 
if they ever do get called up, they probably won't get to do much. They'll be wasted. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. But they are good. Uh, yeah, apparently there's rumbles about them bringing up Kyrie Sane for this shakeup. All right. Uh, hope for the best, you know, but I don't, be, I'm not confident. Of, she's got main event this pirate scene, WrestleMania 36. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate it. It's your thing, man. You love pirates. Yeah, I really don't. And then uh, or, finally, this last match, this spare you from having to talk about how much you hate pirates. Uh, the War Raiders versus the Dusty Rhodes Classic Champions, the, uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet. Uh, making this the third championship match that Ricochet and Aleister Black had in a week. They fought for the Raw Tag Team titles on Monday, the NXT Tag Team titles on Friday, and the SmackDown Tag Team titles at WrestleMania on Sunday. What do you think of this opening match? I gotta be honest, uh, when I watched it, I was extremely tired and I fell asleep towards the end. Um, I don't remember a lot of it. I remember having a lot of fun with the early bits. Um, obviously, the the War Raiders are very talented, um, and then Alistair and, and uh, Ricochet are are you know two of the best in the entire company. Um, they put on a fun a, a fun match. I don't think the outcome was ever in question because obviously Black and Ricochet are, are coming up officially. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, but I'm not sure what the future is in the NXT tag division because it doesn't feel like they have a lot going on there. It's thin, big time right now because you got to think Undisputed Era is probably coming up. Obviously, Alistair Black and Ricochet are dying, so they're probably going to do stuff with these Forgotten Sons. And right now, who cares about the Forgotten Sons? I forgot about them. <laughs> uh, me too. What about the Street Profits? Yeah, maybe they'll finally do stuff with them. They've just been kind of. Uh, drifting for months, a year, yeah. a year. Uh, they moved uh, Danny Birch and Oni Larkin. Uh, Oni Larkin's on two hundred five live now, so. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. I'm at the point with NXT where I just trust. Yeah. That whatever whatever situation they're in, they're going to find a good way out of it. Yeah, uh, for sure. And even though and the men's scene is really beefy right now, because even though they're going to lose Alistair Black and Ricochet and maybe Adam Cole or whomever, and Chomp is out for a year, you got Keith Lee, you got Donovan Dijak, they've got uh, ACH who just signed there, Kushida just signed there, uh, Punishment Martinez is there, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, without question. Uh, all in all, what do you think of NXT TakeOver New York? Which is not NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 5, for some reason. Very weird. Uh, I thought that this was a fantastic show, uh, top to bottom. I really, really loved it. I love that they put an NXT UK match on the show, gave those guys a platform. Um, this had two of the best matches of the weekend, which, of course, were Riddle and Dream and um, uh, Adam Cole. And Gargano, yeah. Um, NXT forever is if you if you just want great wrestling without the without the frills, this is what you watch. For me, as a person who loves great wrestling but also loves the pageantry of WWE, uh, it really is the best of both worlds. 
So I'm so happy that they pair these two things together. And for me as a WWE fan, there really hasn't been this good of a weekend overall in a long time. Yeah. No, this was their... This is what WrestleMania weekend should be. And this is what it should have been. And it's the best weekend that WWE's had in years. Oh, I could be happier. And I slept like 13 hours last night. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we certainly wanted to do this sooner. But uh, if you didn't go to Mania, you don't understand the exhaustion. It's crazy. So, uh, we'll be back again for another wrestling uh, review for probably Money in the Bank, I guess, huh? Yeah, you know, or sooner. You never know when when we're going to pop up and do one of these. Uh, They're a lot of fun. And we know that there are people out there who like it, so uh, stay tuned for more news uh, from us on our wrestling content, and um, definitely be on the lookout for another wrestling special. Yeah, make sure you listen to our main show, The Comics Pals. You can find that wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, we have some book clubs out, too, for The uh, Comics Pals. You should check out Captain Marvel, Shazam, Hellboy. Uh, we Infinity have on the way. Infinity on the way. That's right. So hit us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever's e- easiest for you. Uh, until next time, ring that bell. This has been a <laughs> Iron Man match <laughs> between Sean and I and you, the listener. <laughs> uh, but Sean and I are going to take our talents to Las Vegas, obviously. So we'll see what happens next time. <laughs> <laughs> take care, guys. Adios. (laughs) Take care.